0: Drop the subject, the new Channel Q. All right, another day on the airwaves of Channel Q. Drop the subject with Jarrett and Allie. And what a show do we have in store for you. We're talking to Dr. Jen later. I love Tuesdays for that reason. And we're also going to be doing just the Tip Tuesday. This time it's a, it's a, a punny Tip Tuesday because our Tip Tuesday is about tipping. Over the Christmas holidays, which I think you are, oh, yeah, you're you don't like doing that. I,
1: I'm I'm a big tipper throughout the year, but like the whole like. Figuring out who you're supposed to tip, how you're supposed to figure out how right. much to owe them. It's like, it's just too much work.
0: Yeah, I mean, just having my sister get married alone. That's a whole other person now that I have to buy gifts for. So then the more... Oh, s- I
1: thought you were going to say you had to tip someone at the... I was like, what does that no, mean? Okay.
0: I have to tip my sister's fiance. Right. No, no, no. Just, to the family. just having a bigger family in general, your Christmas list gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, so yeah. then when someone adds on like, oh, yeah, you have to tip your... Hair stylist, you're yeah. like what? I haven't budgeted for that. It's We're both stressful. people with
1: half a dozen parents and super <laughs> blended family. It's exhausting. It is. Yeah. It's a lot.
0: um Do you feel that Jeff Bezos is ruining Christmas? And let me explain. <laughs> because
1: what if I was like, yes, not yeah, okay, faster. great. No. uh
0: so we'll be back because. What do you want for Christmas is a text I get from every member of my family Mm. uh, throughout, you know, the past couple of weeks. And then instead of just saying, oh, you know, yeah, uh, there may be something that is is like a spa gift card or maybe this or that. People are literally now sending Amazon links. Oh. And being like, this is exactly what I want. Here's the size and the color. Here's the link. It's on sale right now. You
1: feel like it takes the fun out of it? Yes. Okay. I could see that.
0: Where you're just kind of like all right, you're literally just telling the person, buy me this thing. And well, it kind of takes the magic out of it. Shouldn't a little bit of work go into it to it on their part?
1: It's two-sided for me because I was saying yesterday, I have a hard time figuring out what to get people. So at a, it at least gives me the pleasure of knowing that I'm getting them something they want. But it does remove like the surprise of them opening right. it and not knowing what it is and being like oh, my God, I didn't even think about this, or something like that. You're,
0: like, shaking guess, it. It's like, you know what's in there.
1: Well, I guess the surprise comes in, like, when you don't get them what they sent you on the link. <laughs> and then you get the satisfaction of the, oh. Wait, you're like,
0: what I this? got you a Fabergé egg instead. Exactly. Just figured you'd like this. are like,
1: I wanted the cable-knit turtleneck. And you're like... <laughs> You better forget it yourself. Right. You already know where to find it.
0: Well, I think the the point of getting a gift for somebody is that you are, it's the thought that counts, right? So it would require at least a little bit of thought. Right. Instead of just saying, what do you want? Give me a link. I'll buy it.
1: But see, I feel like there is thoughtfulness in a gift card.
0: Yes. No, I, I agree.
1: I think there is so much thoughtfulness in, I know that you could use this money to go to Target. I know that you love Starbucks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Very specific. Um, I know that you really love, you know, getting clothes at XYZ place. I feel like that's awful. You don't need me to find the sweater for you. You don't need well, yeah. me to pick out the the piece of appliance or whatever,
0: especially the piece of appliance. Especially because in a sweater scenario, there are so many room. There's so much room for failure there. Absolutely, if you're not getting the wrong size, if you're getting the wrong color, if you're getting something that uh, is out of season, which is probably my case when I get sweaters for people, and then they have to go out of their way to go return it yeah. at the Macy's and who in wants question to do that? and it was probably on sale so you're uh, not going to get anything great when you return the sweater and
1: you have to remember the gift receipt put it into the bag and then they've got to go find the store oh. you know what i should start getting people graphic tees <laughs> i love a graphic tee okay. i should just get everyone a gra- i have a new graphic tee i'm wearing today that i just got in the mail yesterday it says a black woman created this i love graphic tees i should just start buying everyone you know what my grandmother on christmas when I was a kid, she used to buy everyone the same thing. Like, she's very Oprah-like. She'd be like, Neutrogena has this new amazing product and I love it. But it was like, it wasn't like she bought everyone bath soap, but like she, they had like these long logs of like this amazing soap uh, and she bought it at Costco. I think she bought 20 of them and gave there, it to everybody. See? And I think that's what I should start doing. You
0: buy in bulk. There you go. That's a great, so are you going to get your grandmother, a black woman created this t-shirt?
1: Well, she died. But,
0: oh, <laughs> no, damn.
1: But my other grandmother is in Nebraska <laughs> and I, I feel like this will be the shirt that I wear on Mother's Day and I need to find something to get for everybody yep. that I can buy in bulk at Costco. Oh, I guess I'm kind of giving that away. But then I guess when you buy it in bulk, you can't give the gift receipt.
0: No, you can't. Well,
1: they just have to take it. They
0: would just have to return. They would have to get everybody together, pull all the shirts, exactly. return all the shirts, <laughs> exactly. get a new one. So I think graphic tees is a great way to go. It's just about as long as you don't have a graphic tee that has coffee puns on it. Or Why? yoga puns on it. Why not? Like, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee. Is that what you're going to get people?
1: Well, if it like if it was a yoga pun, that would totally work well for my friend who's a Pilates instructor.
0: Okay, you well know then what I mean? that sure, sure. Yeah, but it's like I'd rather be in Namaste. Just in well, general, I would get like my parents. Everybody.
1: I would get my parents the t shirts to say I'm with stupid with the arrow, <laughs> something like that. You know what I mean?
0: Do they not have that already? I
1: <laughs> can't answer that. <laughs> um, but like I, I feel like that. I, I just had an epiphany sitting here talking about this. I feel like because graphic tees and like graphic sweatshirts are something I love so much, I should start finding shirts for everyone mm. that will like match their vibe. Yeah. And give it to them.
0: I, I, I don't think there's any shortage of graphic tees in this world. If so I don't think you will have a problem getting graphic tees for every person.
1: You were going to get everyone the same thing. What would you get?
0: If I was going to get. I mean, my like first response thing. is weed. Okay. But. <laughs> because even if california. someone yeah i mean even if somebody is not a huge smoker they are probably going to be going to in the next it. couple years
1: see i my mom, i would love for my mom to try weed but like i just don't think she would even look at it all right alone. well when i'm
0: christmas shopping i'll get a little extra for her oh my god. and you know well,
1: she's in seattle she they they moved they don't live in california I, anymore i could
0: use the shampoo bottle trick it exactly. still works
1: oh my god I should get my mom like a CBD shampoo or something. See, there you go.
0: CBD is a great gift.
1: I would love for her to be like, oh my God, Jarrett, the shampoo is amazing. And I'll be like, I know it is. (laughs) And not tell her, oh my God, oh my, I'm having so many ideas.
0: The other thing that I would get if I could not do weed would be scratchers.
1: See, no. No? uh, Absolutely not. Because if somebody wins. promise
0: of potentially millions of dollars? If
1: somebody wins, I am going to be. Heated. it. I have a friend that won five million dollars on a scratcher, and if I had bought her that scratcher, oh. I'd be like, Well, well she's well, gotta kick you a little something. Congratulations. For that. So glad I
0: got that's, you that. That's so great. Aren't you happy that I I got that, you that? that. I spent $5 on one scratcher that got you $5 million. 20 bucks I spent, yeah. Tanya, in your
1: $5 million, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, I would be really heated. Well, about hey,
0: it. maybe when we go through Just the Tip Tuesday, you can tip your beautician in scratchers. We'll get into this <laughs> next Just the Tip Tuesday on deck. This is Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject.
2: The new Channel Q. All
0: right, Christmas is upon us. It is the month of giving and. Boy, do we have a list of people you should be giving to, other than your friends and family. There's all kinds of places and people where you should be spreading your wealth. And, of course, we want to make sure you uh, keep up to date with all of the latest people and places you're supposed to be tipping in 2019. So, this is, for Just the Tip Tuesday, this is how much you should be tipping your gardener, your hairstylist, and many others. A majority of Americans, 66%. Give tips to at least one service provider during the holiday season. That is according to Consumer Reports. Wow.
1: That is so surprising. Isn't that a lot? Like, because I just don't know. I, 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 that number seems way higher than I thought it would be. Yeah.
0: And they say that the, the person you should tip is the first person you should tip is the individual who has made the biggest impact on your life and who has made it easier, uh, which is confusing to me because for that, that for me is just my iPhone.
1: I was gonna say, so I'm sending a tip to Tim Cook.
0: Yeah, I'm sending a tip to Jeff Bezos. I'm sending a tip to DoorDash.
1: The person who is name—oh my God! Do I have to? Tip? How could I tip the DoorDash person? Was a different person every time. So that's part that touches on a question I have for later. But well, yeah, it,
0: it's true because there is a, a, a little write-up in here about how most people buy things online now. So yeah. you don't have a regular person that you're necessarily buying things from, so you're less likely to give a tip.
1: So, okay, I'll jump to the question that I had then, because like I've always heard the mail carrier, right? Which is generally the same person. The person that delivers your mail every day is seemingly the same person all the time. I see that person very rarely, but like I know it's the same guy. I actually haven't learned his name. I I generally try to learn everyone's names. I haven't learned his name because I see him so infrequently. But I'm like, okay, if I order something from Amazon and a FedEx person comes and then I order something from, you know, random t-shirt place and a UPS person comes. Yeah, when you grab a T-bulk order. Exactly. Like, they're not always the same person, I don't think, and I don't know. Am I supposed to tip FedEx and USPS <laughs> and UPS and then DHL no, and I, then?
0: I don't think, according to this list, it's a, it's the people delivering packages. I think it's just your regular mail carrier. But that is a good question hmm. because your Amazon delivery person is probably working way harder than your mail carrier. And at my this mail point.
1: carrier is just delivering me junk mail anyway. Exactly. I, don't, I hardly. When I tell you, I go to my mailbox and I open it up and maybe one in ten times is there something that I actually need that's not a coupon for Burger King or, like, you know, the chicken joint. Exactly. it annoys me so much that they waste all this paper. Why am I tipping that guy?
0: And you know what makes me mad about that? Is why are we so, hey, public enemy number one is plastic straws when junk mail's just sitting there in everybody's inboxes. It's
1: ridiculous. And we're not recycling the paper like we think we are. No. It's ridiculous. I'm looking at you, Valpak. Sorry. Yes. Valpak is...
0: The money you know mailer, all not, y'all.
1: Not what we're talking about right. right now. I'm okay. First on the list is your
0: regular barista.
1: I you know what? I'm not tipping the guy downstairs. I refuse. <laughs> that
0: you have a beef with that I guy. I do have a beef with that guy.
1: As a former Starbucks barista, I will tell you they told mind you, it's not a Starbucks nor is he a barista, but it's a cafe where we order like breakfast and stuff. And one of the number one things they had us do when I was at Starbucks was like learn people's names that are regulars and learn what they order. The guy downstairs Love the burrito he could not tell you my name to save his soul nor what I order Mm. every single time that I'm in there.
0: You are a brand new person every single day you walk in there.
1: Allison Johnson, when I tell you, I will call them and my phone number is the same. I will call or I will walk in in person and say hi, I like to order the breakfast burrito. What kind of meat? Did you want turkey sausage, regular sausage, or bacon?
0: You're like, we do this every day, buddy.
1: Turkey sausage.
0: (laughs) Or if I say I want a turkey sausage burrito,
1: did you want turkey sausage, bacon, or turkey bacon? That drives me insane. He's not getting a tip.
0: Well, and that's something that's common sense. Like, when I was a bartender, you eventually learn people's drinks just because you do like there's right. no way for you not to. I'm going to learn
1: that he has like a short term memory problem or something and I'm just being a total D-bag.
0: <laughs> He's like that guy from Memento who wakes up every day with exactly. no memory.
1: Exactly with no memory. He's just trying oh, as man. hard as he can. No, He's like bad. all I want
0: is a tip. He's all uh, right. Well, exactly. You're, you're supposed to give that person your regular barista between $5 and $20. If you don't want to give cash consider giving a gift card. So what are you supposed to give him? a coffee gift card? <laughs>
1: give them a Starbucks gift card. Oh, yeah. They, they would hate that.
0: <laughs> here's a Here's a gift card to a different coffee place. All right. Next on the list is your apartment building staff. And I'm glad that this is on here. Not that I have regular staff that's that I know from the apartment complex that I live in. But I think a lot of these lists are for people that are homeowners, mm-hmm. you know, people that are, have a gardener and they have a, you know, a regular housekeeper and things like that. I, I think people that live in apartment buildings, you know, where you don't have You you just have a mail room, you know, rather than an actual mailbox. Anyway, says, if you live in an apartment, condo, tip the building superintendent, the doorman, and the handyman. All of them? Most etiquette experts suggest that you give your super anywhere from $20 to $100...
1: Oh, Doormen
0: fifteen to seventy five dollars, and handymen fifteen to thirty five dollars.
1: Is this published in two thousand nineteen? Do they know that people do not have this money? This
0: is two thousand nineteen. Yeah, December. D- d- uh, today, December seventeenth.
1: I'm realizing. Okay, so I live in a building with an HOA, and like, I'm like, does that mean I should like tip the board president? Oh God! Like, who does now, that? Anyone
0: who's on a board doesn't need a tip.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, she's not getting paid. I know, but you're on a board because you have money, don't you? No, it's just because you got voted. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I just, I'm, okay. All All
0: right. right. Oh, but we do have
1: like cleaning people in the building. I should probably tip the guy that like helps, that helps maintain the building.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that person's probably working pretty hard. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, All right. Number three is assistant. Um, so depending on your company policies give your assistant a holiday cash bonus as well as a gift okay so
1: let's pause here my assistant i literally like advocated for her to get a new job and then she got a new job and she's leaving i don't think i should have to tip her
0: well i mean that was the ultimate tip was you gave it? her a job tip i think that's the tip <laughs> you tipped her off to a brand you just new got a whole new opportunity. Opportunity. exactly she should be tipping you she should be tipping
1: there we go. I'm sorry right. talking last
0: lessons. one before we get to a break here gardener now this is what I was talking about if you own a home this is probably applies to you more than uh, any middle, any millennial really yeah <laughs> uh but to pay I mean paying a gardener or tipping a gardener that makes sense to me that's somebody yeah. who is meant to maintaining your property and you know there's a certain level of trust when somebody's coming into your home uh you know it's kind of a nice luxury to have perfect shrubbery in your backyard so why not tip the person
1: especially if you know like you you get a good deal on your gardening.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and you got you gardening money. You got tip money. If right, if, money.
1: If, the, if you feel like they're like raking over the coals for this money, <laughs> like and you're like, you guys come on, it shouldn't be this expensive. Like the when I use the Handy app to have like someone come clean the house every other month, um I I'm not tipping that person because you guys charge me way more than you should.
0: Right. There you go. Well, they say that you're supposed to tip the gardener between $20 and $50. To make it easier on yourself, you can simply give your gardener the amount that you pay for their regular weekly or bi-weekly service. And if you'll be out of town for the December holidays, give your gardener the tip at the beginning of January and it won't be too late. Oh, thank God.
1: Oh, what a relief.
0: All right. There are five more on this list, including a dog walker. It may or may not have a personal trainer on here. So we'll we're going to be broke by the end of this. Drop the subject. Comes right back.
2: Drop the subject a new Channel Q.
0: Welcome back to Drop the Subject.
1: We're in the middle of Just a Tip Tuesday talking about the people that you should be tipping at the holidays. And Allie and I were going through this list of people and I'm having a hard time because some of them I don't feel like I should necessarily be tipping. And some of them I'm like, okay, this is reasonable. You were about to get back into the list of people because some of them I'm still not 100% convinced.
0: Yeah, well, what about your hair stylist? Because you have mentioned this a little bit where you feel, I mean, you go to a regular barber, right? I,
1: I kind of go between two barbers. It depends on like where I am in the city that particular day, you know?
0: And do you feel like you should tip that person? Because it says during the re- your regular appointment in December or January, you can tip your hair or barber up to the amount that one haircut usually costs you. I just, okay. Which seems extravagant. If you're I, giving the gardener 20 bucks and then giving your barber or hairstylist the equivalent of one haircut.
1: The thing that's lopsided to me about this is I tip my barber every time I go. So I'm like, do I need to then tip you bigger Right. at the end of the year? That doesn't make sense to me.
0: And tipping... I mean, Maybe I, I'm
1: being cheap, but...
0: No, I I, I agree with you. I mean, we could if, both be being cheap. If, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what we're determining, is right. that both of us are cheap asses. But I, 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 as well, tip my hairstylist, and I've only gotten to her a few times. She's not... Uh, she's not somebody I have developed a big relationship with by any stretch of the imagination, but it's expensive for a freaking haircut.
1: Well, for me, I always look at it from the perspective of my haircut is generally between 30 and 35, between 25 and 35 dollars. I always tip an extra five bucks. And I'm like, that's over fair. The, right. I'm like, that's you know, 20, 25% of my haircut. So then I'm well, when it was $20, I guess that would be 25 percent <laughs> I was whatever. like, whatever. I'm that in works. radio. Okay. So but my thing is like like, over the course of the year if i get you know my haircut every other week or even something close to that 20 times, like, I've already tipped you $100 over the course of the year, or 115 or 20 or whatever it is. And I'm like, do I then need to tip you another
0: $35? And are they expecting this of us, and are they disappointed when they don't receive it from us?
1: I feel like older school people probably did expect it, because I feel like, well, I don't know, 66% of people are apparently doing this. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe so we are awful.
0: Maybe we are. Maybe we're that 40-whatever-math percent.
1: The 34%. <laughs> Of people
0: who uh, everyone is disappointed in during the holiday season. You know what? Or you could do it like me, which is just don't make a hair appointment until February. (laughs) All right.
1: Wait, you go from November to February. That's actually really smart.
0: Yeah, because then I'm not held accountable.
1: But then your hair is really jacked for the holidays. It doesn't
0: matter. I've saved $7. You go to the
1: New Year's Eve party and your hair is just Whack. (laughs) all right that's really smart actually okay sorry. so number
0: seven is a teacher uh teachers tutors and coaches who educate your kids this one i can understand no screw the teacher
1: i'm kidding (laughs) i love teachers i feel like well hold on because this gets expensive what if you have two kids in high school they both have six teachers
0: yeah and so do you have to pay so do you just do the favorite teacher do you do every single teacher
1: mind you all teachers deserve all the tips but I'm like, if you have one high schooler, you've got seemingly, I mean, if you went to my high school, right. you have six teachers.
0: And what if it's a teacher they hate? If it, It's a teacher Who's they hate. Them.
1: Or like they're also in band and they're on the track team. Okay. Then is it the coach too? Yeah. And then you're, you know, your fourth grader is has one
0: teacher, but you they're gotta, in the band. Yeah, cancel all electives and AP classes. I'm giving out 65 different tips and all <laughs> of them are different amounts. But I wonder if this is more for younger children who have like one teacher. Oh no, teacher. those high school
1: teachers need it cuz those high school kids are no, I, jackasses. I,
0: no, I know, but I'm I wondering if more people yeah. t- tip a specific teacher that's like their preschool teacher or their first grade teacher who teaches them all year round and it's that the makes same sense. teacher. Oh,
1: yeah, because seemingly only, like, the first semester teachers would be getting tipped and the second semester teachers wouldn't. So, wait, how much does it say to give them, though?
0: So, it just says, uh, it doesn't actually say a specific amount on this one. It just says, teachers, tutors, and coaches who educate your kids appreciate a holiday gesture. Some schools prohibit teachers from accepting money from parents. So, play it safe by giving a thoughtful thank you card along with a small gift such as a book, a picture frame, or a plant. A teacher doesn't want
1: your book. I would give my teacher a bottle of whiskey. I listen. We had a teacher. We had a teacher uh, who always had a bottled water on his on his desk. Someone picked it up one day and realized oh, that was not water. Yeah. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, do you, is it like a percentage of their income? Because if so, like, if I'm giving it, I'm I'm giving you five dollars too because you're it's not a percentage. Like, yeah,
0: I don't know. And then do you also make your kid give them a gift? Like, make them a gift from from scratch.
1: Oh, I do think the kids, you know, should like, give, like, all little,
0: right, here's some popsicle sticks. Make your teacher something. Yeah. And Show your appreciation and teach them a little something about... Gratitude.
1: I think so. I think that's. I think teachers <laughs> should get everything. And then
0: the teachers' apartments just strewn with a bunch of crappy.
1: or at least their garbage can is. Yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> all right. Your cleaning person. We've talked about this one. If you have a cleaning person that uh, is a regular person, uh, like a regular, um, you know, one person cleaning your your place over uh, over a period of time, you can give them between fifty and hundred percent of what you usually pay for one service. Yeah. So if your cleaning person charges you one hundred dollars for one visit, give a holiday tip of fifty to one hundred dollars.
1: Uh no. (laughs) All right. I just I well, I told you like I we use the handy app and like we have someone come clean like once a month. See that's
0: where I think apps and online has changed the way people tip because it's not at the same person all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean you can favorite the same person, but I've never had a person that was that great that I was like, (laughs) worth favoriting. Exactly.
0: All right. Your personal trainer. Whether you regularly work out with a personal training, You have trainer. got to be
1: kidding me. <laughs>
0: your yoga teacher, your Pilates instructor, you consider tipping the cost of one session with them. That so, is, th- I don't like this cost of one service or cost of one session. Like, okay, a $10 Starbucks card is enough. So, Emmy and I go
1: to the same gym. They were trying to sell me on a pack. Is it like a 10 pack or something they do of personal training? And they were like, so it's only $1,200 oh for my- 10 And I was like, excuse me? Like the way she said that, I almost wanted to jump across the desk. And so then I was like, uh, I will not be paying you guys that much money for training. So the idea of then tipping that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you can kiss well, the and, blackest part of my Never
0: mind. <laughs> and their bodies are usually banging, so they don't really need the extra money. Like, what do you They've need They've already money got for a lot our, working for like, them. Like, exactly. Finally, your dog walker, you're supposed to give them an extra 30 bucks for the holiday season, and a babysitter, you're supposed to uh, give them, right, have your kids write them a thank you note, and you can include cash or a check for an equal amount to one day's pay.
1: I think I love that dog walker and babysitter are, are lumped together, because, I mean, aren't they the same thing? Yeah. I think that person probably should get it, get a tip.
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially, there are crazy parents and crazy dog owners all over the place. So Wait, you BFC have some those people.
1: You have someone watch your cat when
0: you're going. I told you, I euthanized
1: them. Right, right. They're Well, gone. In, in the past, before you had done that, did you? You paid someone to watch the cat, or what'd you do?
0: I paid someone to watch the cat. Yeah, but I didn't give I them extra money. Saying. No,
1: we always kill the cats. Yeah. So that's why we, kill, are we so get hard. new ones
0: every year. Um, uh, I, but do
1: you tip that person?
0: We tip them, them in addition to the services. Yeah, but I don't tip them every holiday season. Yeah. But, if I, but I was a house sitter for a while, and I would get an extra tip around the holidays.
1: Gotcha. Okay. it's
0: like, it's Christmas. Here's an extra 40 bucks or whatever it was, All which right. was well, always nice.
1: All right, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, impeachment is heating up, and tomorrow is a very big day. We'll explain why and what's going on today. That's up next.
0: Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, tomorrow's a big day in the House of Representatives. It is indeed. It is something that a lot of people have been looking forward to. I think they've already gotten their uh, drinking game rules all I have ready an to go. you outfit
1: laid out for tomorrow? You do? So, mm, no. Is
0: it another graphic tee? <laughs> mhm. Uh-huh. Mhm.
1: It's the Kamala Harris dude got to go shirt. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a good yeah. one to wear. So, I actually
1: hadn't thought about that, but now that I thought about it,
0: yeah,
3: I'm wearing that You got to wear it. Yeah.
0: So, what's I know there are some right that today is important because they're laying out some of the rules of how tomorrow's going to work, right. right? And then there were also suggestions about having some witnesses present, which Mitch McConnell is not happy about, so let's break it all down in some crazy impeachment stuff. Some
3: crazy impeachment stuff.
1: <laughs> so, all right, I still love that. Um, Emmy, could we just do a little bit of crazy impeachment stuff? Here is some
3: more. crazy impeachment stuff.
1: I just, you know, there's just so mm-hmm. much crazy impeachment stuff
0: that we. Here is some crazy <laughs> impeachment stuff. What happens when there's just regular impeachment stuff?
1: Here Should I make some a new? One? regular impeachment stuff.
0: Here's some well, not so crazy impeachment stuff.
1: The thing is, impeachment itself is so unusual. It's so crazy. So that I think anything impeachment related is generally crazy. So, okay. What's happening right now, um, as you know, you'd have to have been living under a rock to not know that President Donald Trump has been uh, going through this impeachment process uh, over in the House. It's important to remember, and I always like to remind people that impeachment is not removal from office. Those are two separate things. Impeachment happens in the House. It's a political process where they, uh, they will draw up all these articles of what they believe he did based on the hearings that they had. Now they're at the process of where they're going to vote on those articles of whether or not. Um, They they feel that they are a valid reason to impeach him. To impeach him is basically to say, like, you did something wrong. Um, Impeachment is also, if we were to make it analogous to a, a court situation where this isn't technically a court, it is obviously the Congress, but this is kind of like prosecutors gathering evidence and then handing down an indictment an impeachment is kind of an indictment if you if you want to make look at them kind of I similarly see.
0: yeah 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 so I mean all of the trials and all the hearings that we've been seeing is has been the House gathering evidence to put together the articles of impeachment
1: kind right? of in a grand jury kind of way or maybe in a preliminary hearings kind of way for for you know them to get all the information they need and then have well I don't think a preliminary hearing would be the right thing but like in a grand jury kind of way sure, where okay. they're gathering information to be able to put together a, a whole indictment and then impeachment is kind of an indictment whereas when they go to a trial there in the Senate, that is essentially like a trial.
0: Now, why do they need to set the parameters for tomorrow? I mean, we've done this twice before. What is there to figure out? Isn't there already a system in place that we just kind of go through the motions?
1: Well, the Constitution lays out what impeachment is, but the, the Congress has a, a bunch of you know allowances on how they will govern themselves in these different processes. So they can, for instance, one of the things that they did differently this time than the last time, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when they did the hearings, they had uh, attorneys ask questions, right? That's not something that's like in the Congress. Constitution, But if everyone agrees to it, then that's a way that they can proceed forward. Um, so you can kind of like lay the ground rules where everyone agrees. And when I say everyone agrees, I mean generally the majority agrees because the, the minority party, the Republicans for, in this instance, don't necessarily have a whole lot of say if, if they don't want something.
0: I see. okay. Um,
1: and, and it was converse in the last time when we had Bill Clinton being impeached.
0: So then one of those things like you're talking about with, uh, you know, questioning attorneys and stuff like that, they wanted to interview some witnesses tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're along with. Yeah.
1: So there's a couple of witnesses that people have been saying, like, why don't we have this person coming, right. whether they come to hearings or if they come to uh, the Senate trial. And they could also still come back and testify in front of Congress after the impeachment is is, you know, solidified. But like John Bolton um, is one of the administration officials and Mick Mulvaney, who both had very high level, close positions to Donald Trump. Um, and Mick Mulvaney is the interim Uh, the acting chief of staff who you may remember stood in front of the press room and said like oh we do quid pro quos all the time right like what do you mean right so like they want to have them come testify Republicans are not going to be here for that no they don't like that exactly but it
0: doesn't matter if they don't like it
1: well it it does kind of matter because one of the major major issues that came out over the weekend was Mitch McConnell talking about how they're working with the White House on what they're going to be doing through this poll process Emmy's giving me the rap sign but basically the Senate is the jury so the idea that the jury foreman is working with the defense. Right. That is a major problem. That's a major problem. Yeah. We'll take a quick break though. Um, we're going to come back. We've got more. Drop the subject. Don't go anywhere.
2: Drop the subject. The new channel Q.
1: Drop the subject is back. We um, have had quite an interesting day already. We've helped you out with figuring out who you need to be tipping. We've told you everyone. It's basically everyone that you've ever met. Um, Helped you helped you figure out basically what was going on with impeachment and what's happening today and what's happening tomorrow. Um, And now I wanted to kind of let you know, because we just have a few minutes here and I wanted to let you know about something that was happening earlier today. We had a breaking headline coming out about Rick Gates. Rick Gates is a former um, associate of Paul Manafort, who you might remember. I always say Paul Manafort makes me cringe a little bit because I saw him talking about me on CBS the morning after Melania happened. And I always said, like, if the devil were a person, he would probably look like Paul Manafort.
0: OK, but just, would have the personality of Jim Jordan.
1: Um, No, Jim Jordan gives me like the devil's like like frat, frat boy, boy boyfriend. Oh, oh,
0: OK. I mean, I could go for that, you know.
1: I could see that being the his thing. Be buddy? I'm <laughs> not doing that. I can't say. Um, both, exactly. But, but um, so Paul Manafort uh, obviously went to prison last year. Paul, Paul Manafort was uh, the president's campaign manager. And Rick Gates was one of his associates that basically helped him with a lot of different things that he worked on. Paul Manafort pled guilty um, to reduced charges in February of last year.
0: And is he in jail yet?
1: He's just been sentenced today. So over the course of a ye- almost two years, almost it will be two years if it were, you know, in, in a couple months, it'll be two years. He is going to be sentenced to 45 days in prison.
0: Wow. But he only has to serve
1: them on the weekends.
0: Are you kidding?
1: I'm so serious.
0: What is this weekend BS? This
1: is like some of that. On the
0: weekends? You are
1: like really rich, really well connected, really white. Like you get away with stuff like this. And he is the thing that he pled guilty to. I was looking back at some of the past articles about this because I was trying to remember what the actual charge was. The charge was cons- was conspiracy against the United States.
0: Oh, well, then uh, I think a lot of people would fall into that category. I mean, well,
1: like conspiracy against the United States, that just the name of it feels right. very cringy. It's not like this was a parking ticket. You know what I mean? Or or too many parking tickets that were unpaid. Yeah. I didn't even know that
0: was a specific charge.
1: Yes, it, it is. And so, like, that is what he was charged with here. Um, and he's going to prison, I think, well, for 45 days. On the weekends. I mean, but, it does
0: suck that you have to spread it out over a long period of time. I guess That's exactly the only thing. Well, I mean, I
1: don't know which one would be better, but like getting to have the weeks, so, the week out with your family. Right. You know, you have to spend a year of weekends in the in the in the clink in the Stony Lonesome. In
0: the Stony Lonesome.
1: <laughs> um, it's it, it's kind of crazy to me, but like he had multiple other charges um, that were dropped because he coordinated with the prosecutor. So he's been like seemingly giving them useful information to kind of help them with their investigation and stuff like that and to me i just like to remind like trump supporters here's looking at you trump supporter dave
0: hi uh, everyone
1: um that there are this he's the seventh trump either administration official campaign official or associate that has pled guilty or been like sentenced to
0: something exactly
1: um with federal crimes and it's like seven people (laughs) from that like two-year span or whatever have are are in have gone to or are on their way to prison.
0: Right. So then it's so crazy that people are so appalled that all the stuff that's happening now is going on. Exactly. This is a witch hunt. It's like, but I actually think that they're just doing their jobs.
1: Exactly. Because
0: all these other people were guilty and pled guilty.
1: Well, And it's like if, if Donald Trump has this many felons (laughs) working with or around him, what does that say about him? Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a question that everyone kind of asks.
0: Well, he likes to hire, hire people that are sheep without morals.
1: Well, they're only the best people, though, yeah. as he would like to remind well,
0: us. Well, remember everybody this year to tip your celebrity felons, okay? Send them a prison package. <laughs> Were We've they on the list?
1: <laughs> I, we need to go back and check the list. If they might have, have been on there. If a
0: regular felon that's serving weekends in prison, make sure to give them a little something, some hand soap.
1: I would call that reasonable. Yes, that's good. <laughs> reasonable. Uh, we'll take a quick break when we come back. What are the words and phrases? That define the decade, you're not gonna believe some of these. Those are next.
2: Drop the subject, the new channel Q. Welcome back to
1: Drop the Subject. We have gotta get into this list um, from our friends over at Mashable. Our good friends um, who put together this list of the words and phrases that defined a decade.
0: Are you okay? You're, you're hacking your lung out. Sorry, Did I'm I like give you my cold. I, I hope not.
1: No, I'm not like coughing, but I'm, like my I had something in yeah. my throat just as we started talking. Well,
0: I'm excited because I haven't read through this list, and I think it, I always think it's fascinating. The I mean, word of the year, and you know those year end lists and things mm-hmm. like that. But then we have the benefit now of ending a decade, so it's going to be full force. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, Ten times the amount of listicles. It's going to be crazy, and I have pulled a little list of my own in front of m- in front of me to go with. The ones that you're about to share. Oh, really? so okay. yeah, yeah, I just think it'll be interesting.
1: All right. Well, they say the number one on the list, and this is in a particular order. Um, uh I actually thought about this word the other day because it's a different word than we're used to using for this thing. Um, The number one word is hashtag because before it was like pound sign and then Twitter came along and made it into a hashtag and then every other social media platform started using it. I
0: remember trying to think of the exact year that I first heard the term hashtag. I was doing uh, it. I was doing a thing with my sketch group and we were doing some kind of an interview on NPR. This was I can't remember maybe almost 10 years ago. And my friend had said, oh, yeah, you know, hashtags. And I was like, what the hell is he talking
1: about? Yeah. Hashtags. Right.
0: And I was like, I need to figure out what a hashtag is. And now the fact that we still use them and the fact that people who are 16, 15 years old right now, they think that the pound sign on the phone is called a hashtag. Well, like, and if they you don't say know pound what the pound sign, sign, is, they'd
1: be like, what is a pound? I don't know what right. that means. Yeah. Um, could you what they'd be? Yeah, they'd look at it totally yeah. crazy. Um, they also talk about some of the biggest hashtags of the last decade. So hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag Me Too, um, that, you know, really focused on police brutality and enthusiastic consent and citizen journalism and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of an interesting thing um, throughout the article. They also have like, like things that are attached to each of these words. Word number two, hipster. That's kind of surprising. That was
0: a huge one over the past decade. Was that not around before? I don't think so because, so here's where I wanted to introduce my list because I was looking at, if you think about the decade, right, that includes 2010. Right. And what were the biggest words that we were using in 2010? One of the words on this list is Instagram, selfie,
1: Selfie, sexting,
0: uh, helicopter parent.
1: Is this all the words of the year?
0: These are all the words of the year from 2010, so I think it's just interesting to think about these words from the decade, and then also think, like, cougar is on this list.
1: Oh, yeah, people were using cougar a lot. And
0: I would imagine hipster would be in that time frame as well, when it was, like, 2010, 2011, everyone started... Uh, like the hipster revolution took over, at least in San Francisco. I, I feel know like it I
1: remember hipster a couple of years before that, but I feel like it has definitely become more of a thing. Mm-hmm. So they, um, talk about other words that are, are connected to hipster, um, being like gentrification. <clears throat> yeah, I think I did get whatever you brought. Like, from oh
0: it. no, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Gentrification (laughs)
1: Gentrification um, Generation Z And (laughs) Zoomers I don't even know What that means Anyway um, Zoomers Zoomers I'm guessing that's Boomers And Gen Z What is a zoomer Oh
0: so that's someone Who's in between Gen Z And a baby boomer
1: but that would be a millennial, right? Because Gen Z is the new millennium.
0: That's what I thought, The too.
1: new uh, generation. Anyhow, okay, they say culture war. The modern concept of an American culture war dates back to the early ni- the early 90s, but the polarizing battle lines only truly seem to have solidified in the 2010s. Generally speaking, partisan politics used to be defined by economics, but the past decade saw a sharp rise in increasingly personal um And identity-driven political divides. I want to be very clear. Like that is directly correlated to the election of Barack Obama. Barack Obama came in uh, January twentieth of two thousand nine, and like the country changed. And we had all those headlines that said, "America elects its first black president." There, you know, plenty of not black and brown people saying that we are post-racial. And I always say, like, if we were post-racial, that day would have happened and there would have been no headlines about him being black. Right. So that was a thing. Hmm. Um, Number four on the list is climate change they say that climate change uh, became an important word after we started using that instead of global warming. They switched from global warming to climate change because oh. whenever, because climate so changing
0: change changing the word changed our opinion about it? And, well,
1: it's kind of like when we stopped using uh, gay marriage and started using marriage equality, right? So, like, climate change is different than global warming because you hear global warming and you think it's only about heat. But climate change is about, like, the way that the weather is changing around the, the, the globe. And even, like... We use the word climate and not weather because climate is about like the arc. No, it's the our long entire history, ecosystem. Exactly yeah, I mean it also has to do day.
0: yeah with uh, with all that and and you know we read about all of these crazy storms that are going on right now. Yeah, you know, and that, I mean, it's like some of the coldest weather. It's it's all about extremes. It's not right. necessarily just about the polar ice caps melting. Yeah, that makes it, sense.
1: Number five on the list is content. Number six was very online things like, like internet speak, and I don't, I've never heard anyone say that, but like, but like specific online words like on fleek and gas queen and things like that that kind of developed online being woke. Uh, number seven was emoji. Which,
0: oh, yeah, that one's, yeah. I uh, remember that was the word of the year one year.
1: Well, number eight, inclusivity and intersectionality, something that we hear a lot, especially around here. Yeah, inclusivity
0: is definitely, yeah.
1: Totally. Number nine was the 1%, and number 10 was disruptive technology. Things that have come in and like shaken up systems. I always think about Uber as being really disruptive. They came in and like totally, Uh, yeah, and Airbnb and that kind of thing. Absolutely.
0: Well, I'm surprised. I mean, I know that content was one of them, but I think consent. Should be one of them.
1: Well, that was part of the hashtag thing with like hashtag Me Too and all that. Mm. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, news it or lose it. Drop the subject presents news it or lose it. All right. It is that time of the day. Allie, You've got three headlines. I've got three votes. Let's get to it.
0: All right. Here's your first headline. Jarrett Dawn says you're washing your dishes all wrong.
1: That sounds right.
0: Anything that we're doing wrong, we'd love to know about it. All right. Headline number two. Everything you need to know about Jason Derulo's penis in the movie Cats. You know, I know how to pick them. Just,
1: I want to say lose it just to, to be that person, but how could you possibly say no to that? Music?
0: And then finally, uh, they've developed a new technology of sex robots that can recognize humans that are lonely in a crowd.
1: Oh, hell no. That's horrifying. Are you, you watched by your bedside? bedside
0: I a robot. Robot. hate you, Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> well, anytime we cover robot news, we have to give the intro. Lose it! All right. Uh, so we're going to hear about how you might be washing <laughs> your dishes all wrong and everything you need to know about Jason Derulo's penis in the movie Cat. I don't know what uh, I don't know what else I could possibly say to have you stick around for
1: I that. just listen. If you're not coming back for that, you're not coming back That's for that. That's on anything. you. Yep. Yeah.
2: Drop the subject. The new channel Q.
1: Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right,
0: Allie.
1: You got Two out of three is completely respectable.
0: Hey, you know, I understand why you'd want to lose a robot story. I know they make you uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) I swear to God. They get you tongue twisted. When when the robots take over, you guys are going to be like, oh, actually, you were right.
0: Yeah, and you're going to be right by their bedside.
1: Samuel L. Jackson taking over Alexa completely (laughs) freaked me out. I'm like, they're going to take Sam Jackson's voice.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I, I got through all that with the Waze app.
1: They had yeah. Samuel Jackson, yeah.
0: they had Morgan yeah, they had, uh, yeah, had Medea. so I I'm, now I'm okay with the robot voices. You're like, I know
1: that's already I'm coming. I'm like,
0: oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's going to come out of my Alexa in any minute. Listen, okay. All right, here are your stories there, Jarrett. Let's start with Jason Derulo. Let's start with the exciting stuff, huh? <laughs> uh, some people are now scre- uh, screening the movie Cats. We've seen- Why
1: they're doing that, I don't know.
0: I mean, hey- if you are getting paid to go to a screening of cats and write a review on it, good for you. Because I, there are is plenty of fodder to be used. I was
1: on a date with someone and they were like, Oh, well, I wanted to go see it, and I was like, Oh. We're done. It's like I'd go see it because you're cute, but I have no interest in this movie. I'll sleep through the whole thing. <laughs> like, oh god. And
0: there'll be a lot you'll get a good nap. I think that movie's like three hours long.
1: But you may have just piqued my interest.
0: So Jason DeRulo <laughs> is he plays Rum Tum Tugger. And uh, he's living up to his name. Wow. Yep, because no
1: time to even get into that. He
0: spent a very long time in a leotard where his large, significant manhood has, uh, is becoming an issue. Mm-hmm. And he, ha- he mentioned in an interview with Andy Cohen that it was... CGI'd out of the movie.
1: I have been really (laughs) taken aback by what they can do with CGI. (laughs) I know someone that was working on a movie and, like, the wig was bad, and so they CGI'd in the person's hairline to make it look better. You
0: can do anything.
1: You can do anything. I also think, like, how good of a story is this for Jason Derulo, who... No one's really been talking about Jason Derulo's music. No shade. He's been this on tour. This is the best
0: thing that's ever happened to him.
1: This, I mean, he's going to get everything he ever wanted.
0: Well, you know, there are. I don't. What are some of the other celebrities though, where they have like rumors of having big?
1: Like Tommy Lee. I remember when when oh, him Tommy and Pam, Pam Anderson had the video. That... I've
0: heard John Hamm.
1: I've heard that too, but I yeah I don't know if that's true. Kevin
0: Bacon, but that, I think that was just because of that one movie. Yeah. So anyway, I think this is great to say. But he said, yeah. Uh, on the one hand, I'd like to thank Cats' hardworking special effects team for <laughs> ensuring that audiences aren't exposed to Derulo's furry bratwurst as he dances around to Rum Tum wow. Tugger. On the other hand, the mere question is already more d- about Derulo's Situation. content than I've ever wanted.
1: Yikes. Anyway, I'm let's go see cats.
0: Let's. <laughs> You're gonna be front row now, aren't you? <laughs> You're wide awake.
1: Well, they CGI'd it out. Why am I going?
0: I know that's true. Okay, uh, so your dishes—you've been watching them, uh, washing them wrong, according to Dawn. I mean. So they will I mean, a lot of this is to push one of their new products, which is like a spray and leave kind of. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, it, it's basically leave all your dishes in the sink, wait for them to pile up, then spray with this new power wash thing, let it sit, and then all you got to do is rinse them and they're good to go. Uh, but they said that the reason that they're coming up with this is to catch up with the the fact that people have been washing their dishes wrong in the sense that everyone has this kind of clean-as-you-go method mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, during dinner, while I'm making dinner, I'm just going to wash a couple dishes and then move on. i want to wash a couple dishes and move on. My
1: dad taught me to do that, and, and it, it does keep the kitchen a little cleaner. It
0: does, but they're saying that you don't want to do that because you're actually going to use more soap than you really need to be using. And oh, absolutely then wash them all in one sitting, but then I, I don't like to see the dishes pile exactly, up. Exactly,
1: yeah. I mean, it, yes, it conserves soap, but it's like six bucks, and like realistically, if you get the big one, it'll take you a long way, but like washing dishes as you go is always better. Not that I always do it, because who are we kidding? Yep. But it is much better when you're done.
0: It says that 61% of Americans prefer the clean-as-you-go method, according to P&G's research. These are uh, the same people and that, are, that
1: are all tipping everybody, the 61% to the 66%. Yeah,
0: these are all the great humans that we are not. <laughs> (laughs) Okay, people that that are cleaning as you go. Anyway, so that's your News It or Lose It. More on the way. Yep. Drop the subject. The
2: new Channel Q. All
1: right, if you're listening live, you just heard Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. If you're in the podcast, you should have been listening live. You just missed out on... on
0: Hey, you know what? Pause. Play it.
1: And then, and come, then back. come back. There you go. All right. So that song that you just heard, right <laughs> now, now this makes sense. All I Want for Christmas is obviously uh, one of the biggest Christmas songs in history. And uh, we told you yesterday that it actually just hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time ever, which is kind of crazy, 25 years after it came out. Uh, it's the first time it's topped the Billboard Hot 100 list. It has been on the list multiple times, just never number one. Um, but what's interesting about this is how much money the song makes every single year, Uh, what it does for Mariah Carey.
0: Yeah, well, they say that she has earned, to date, more than $60 million just in royalties from the song. That is amazing. (laughs) Uh, They say that it brings in an estimated $600,000 a year. year. And I would imagine because it's the 25th anniversary, like you said, maybe this would be more. It's
1: probably going to be more this year, for sure.
0: But there's also, and I've never even heard of this happening before, a documentary about the song. That's That's coming out. So you could do a documentary about Mariah Carey easily. Yeah. And it's a mini documentary, and it's coming out on Amazon, I believe, uh, this year. But it is called Mariah Carey is Christmas, and the documentary goes into the song and how it became a huge hit. And I did watch the trailer, and they talk about, like how doing something like this is next to impossible. Like, yes, there are a lot of like streamed original Christmas songs, but having a Christmas song in general, an original Christmas song that's not like an oldie and a remake of, you know, Santa Baby or whatever, to have an original Christmas song like that chart as high as it is yeah. is a next to impossible thing so in long. order and for so long. Yeah. So it is without a doubt, statistically the biggest and best Christmas song of all time.
1: Also though, like that whole Christmas album that she came out with is really fantastic. Like there's there's more than just this as a bop on there. Like this song obviously is like the one everyone knows. So but like that album is just one. really good. I'm she sure listen to she it. She has like but... Silent Night. She has uh, like the, I, and she has Joy to the World, I believe. Um, like, and I this album and The Whispers Christmas and Whitney Houston's The Preacher's Wife. Those oh, are like my favorite yeah. like Christmas albums as a kid. And That's like, a great one. Yeah, it's a really really good album. Well,
0: they say that there are some other of Spotify's most streamed Christmas songs. They include Last Christmas by Wham which is a strange one to be one of the most streamed. I, I think, think it's a just okay song. I think that's The Last Christmas I, I gave, gave You My Heart. heart. Uh, Santa Tell Me by Arne Ana Grande. This is the new one we've been playing on which the station.
1: I had never heard before being here at Channel Q and I love that song.
0: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas by Michael Buble. Oh, you gotta love Michael Buble.
1: Michael Buble has a very holiday voice to and, me.
0: Hey, and you know what? Middle-aged women, they're all over him. Listen. Anything that he wants to sing or do.
1: And probably a few men too.
0: And then, <laughs> Yeah, and then Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Those are some of the most. Re- you know it's that weird? One, I don't think I know that one. I don't think I know that one either. And you know what I don't see on here either is Hanson's Christmas album.
1: <laughs> Moving right along, uh, we'll be right Where's back. Where's the credit there, huh? A little bit later, we'll be telling you about the most hated Christmas songs of the year. You can tell us what chores are. Give us a call, 833 77 Call Q. That's 833 77 Call Q. We'll be right back.
2: Drop the subject,
0: the new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject, Allie and Jarrett. You've got a text line, text message. I've got
1: to pause us here for a moment. So, we're about to get into like the Christmas songs that we hate, or the the most hated Christmas songs, I should say, because they're not necessarily all of ours. But last year on Christmas, uh, I was, I think I was home. Yeah, I was home. And I only regret not going to see my family like on Christmas morning because then it's like, oh, it'd have been nice to be with my family. But then by the the end of the day, I'm like,
0: oh, you mean if you don't go home? Exactly. Oh, okay. So, waking up on Christmas morning is the hardest part.
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh, I should have been there. But, like, when I am home by like Christmas evening, sometimes I'm like, I am ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sometimes. But sometimes I'm loving it. It just (laughs) depends on the year and my mood. But last year, all of us were in different cities. We weren't together on my dad's side of the family. And so we all ended up on a FaceTime group chat together, like on FaceTime video. So we were all in different places. And so this year, my parents are insisting that we do it again, but they've this time bought. Pajamas for all of us to wear yes. on the FaceTime call. And I just got a text message from my mom, please contact me when you're able to discuss our Christmas FaceTime. And I'm like, oh, what is going on? And like, it's hey, too
0: much. That's the spirit of Christmas now.
1: I guess it is. There needs to be a spreadsheet or something. And because I feel nobody like
0: nobody needs to be apart anymore with FaceTime. Yeah. It brings everyone together.
1: You know, well, I just got the text message while we were playing Madonna. And like I was like, what is she about to say to me on the phone? So I'm so, nervous.
0: But then you don't really need pajama bottoms for a FaceTime group.
1: Oh, yeah. Depending on whether or not I like these pajamas, I might just put on the shirt. And
0: right. Be like, hey, guys. Exactly. I mean, you can really just do a super zoom of your head and wear nothing. <laughs> super it's zoom. It doesn't really matter. I,
1: I'm going to try and scroll up in our in our group thread to see if I can find the the. I want to the see outfit. these pajamas. Yeah, I'm going to find them for you Is guys. it a
0: top and bottom combo or a onesie?
1: I think it's a top and bottom combo. Okay. (laughs) Channel Q.
0: I can't wait. Is it flannel?
1: I don't, I'm, I'm going to
0: look for it
2: and
1: I'll have it for you guys by the end of the hour. I have to like dig through our text messages to find it.
0: I was just really hoping it would be a onesie of like different reindeer and elf. You know, it it like might combos
1: actually, and stuff. It might be something like that, all actually.
0: Right. Well, let's continue with the Christmas train because Christmas music is all over the damn place, and I am very indifferent on Christmas music. I'll usually listen for a couple days before Christmas, but I'm not like December first. Let's kick on the tunes. Let's all hit day, it hard Yeah. Uh, so. You know, when I saw this list of the most hated Christmas songs of all time, I was like, wow, this is right up my alley. So I thought we could go through some of these because some of them are really, really popular, but some of them I understand why they've made the list. Uh, There was another list that I looked at where the number one most hated Christmas song of all time was All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. And I was like, this is blasphemy. I don't understand why this would be at the top, but I guess it's the most played Mm. so anything that's over quote unquote overplayed would be on somebody's S list
1: my friend Jarrett who lives in New York their office is across the street from like a huge Macy's and they play like Christmas music and like every hour they play all I want for Christmas Mm -hmm. so by like the first week after hearing it he hates the song it's like
0: the you know we hear it a lot
1: (laughs) Ali, don't make fun of the music
0: I'm not gonna make fun of it I'm just saying we hear it a lot you know and then it you know anytime (laughs) everyone's rushing I think of it okay so so here are some of the ones on the list. We'll go through some of these and then just you just Jared, Jared and I are going to add our own. So number one on the list is well actually this is a number. This is in no particular order. OK. So Alvin and the Chipmunks. This is something that is very polarizing. Their oh. voices always happen. And so it would only go to say that the Chipmunks Christmas song would be on the list. Alvin! Okay. Thoughts? I don't mind this song
1: I don't mind it but I never have to hear it you know
0: <laughs> yeah if you never heard it again you wouldn't be bothered by it
1: yeah one of my good friends has like a version of this song that a gospel quartet does because oh. they're like sisters and they like they do the version of it and it's it's cute. Never need to hear it again in my life. Yeah,
0: yeah. And not necessarily a strong song in general. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, but Me, I Want a Hula Hoop is my favorite part. <laughs>
1: yeah, and she sings it very gospel-y. And then, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's a lot. great. But so again, much never need to hear it again. All right. it's, and it's his favorite song, of course.
0: <laughs> okay, the next one on the list is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Again, I could see why people get annoyed by it. Not my least favorite. Uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer.
1: Yeah. Walking, walking home from I mean, it, house, I guess it's, it's kind day. of funny. I don't get why this is like such a popular song for people. <laughs> like, I don't like. I wonder how grandmas feel about it.
0: <laughs> I would. <laughs> you know? I would say that even. They either love it or they hate it. Yeah. I wonder what one million grandmas thinks.
1: Oh, all twenty five of them! <laughs> I tweeted about yesterday about the one million moms. It's like one hundred twenty five thousand people total across all their social media. Um, the one million grandmothers would probably be like all protesting this stuff. I
0: feel like the one million grandmothers though is like this badass group of liberal grandmas that all With like motorcycles box for a living and have like yeah, leather jackets yes, and like, and, like skulls purple hair on the back. Yeah, they're like oh. call the one million grandmas. I
1: kind of like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: Okay, last Christmas by Wham. This is the first one on the list that. I really understand. I don't like this song. Okay. Oh, okay. There's
1: this song. I, I, this song doesn't make me feel all like warm holiday, but I like the song. I can rock with it. I just feel like it's whiny.
0: Like uh, you what? took away my heart And I'm so sad And, blah, 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 and it's like Oh you know right. what I never thought about get The content of it. it
1: yeah like Move on I know We like, have one of those songs Where they're like I don't want to live If I'm not with you And you're like Sweetie get a therapist I know it's called like, Dr. Jen Just
0: take a moment yeah. <laughs> like, Alright yes. Next is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree Which I love this song Why would people Hate this song
1: I was saying to you In the break Like this song Is always Home Alone for me this I song always think about Home Alone really
0: Encapsulates Christmas for me
1: Yeah I always I see oh. Kevin McAllister in the window with yeah. the with the mannequins and the cutouts. Okay.
0: And then Dominic the Donkey, which I don't really even know this song. Hey, it's Dominic the
1: Donkey. <laughs>
0: I have no idea
1: what this is.
0: I think radio Dominic, stations that play Christmas music have known to avoid this song because I don't really know it very well. We
1: have a station here in LA that plays Christmas music around the clock, starting yeah. like, what, November or something, something. like that? Um, I'm sure this is one of the songs that they'd be playing. I mean, but you gotta don't play it a,
0: eventually, I guess.
1: You, it Right, I just have. I don't think I've ever heard that song.
0: What is your least favorite Christmas song?
1: I feel now that everyone is so weird about um, uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside." Now I just don't want to hear it. Because I don't even know. This is that, you out. Yeah, I don't know that it's like. I don't even baby think it's super cringy. I get why people say that, but it's become so political now. Yeah. I don't. I'm just like, i uh, just screw the whole thing.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually kind of feel that way about Santa Baby. Santa, baby, baby.
1: Oh, it's just yeah. like,
0: can you stop being so materialistic? It is 2019.
1: Well, and like, flirting with Santa has never made sense to me. Like, yeah. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. I was like, is Mommy that desperate?
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna go with for mine. I really don't like any Christmas songs that have children in them. I know that seems like child. Oh, my God. But when they're like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, or oh, this one.
1: They sound possessed.
0: And it's, there's a version with kids. Yeah. That they always play with this one. And any like. Little children drumming and marching gives that. me the creeps. I don't, it doesn't put me in the Christmas. It makes spirit. you
1: think of like the robot army that's coming to kill you.
0: Exactly. Well, They're all going to be made of little Christmas children.
1: Speaking of uh, Dr. Jen and people that could afford to talk to her, uh, we're going to talk to her next about when is it a good time to take a break in your relationship, whether it's from the relationship, from sex, or anything else. That's up next.
2: Drop the subject. The new channel Q.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you have waited long enough. She is back. Not talking about Allie. I'm talking about Dr. Jen. Yeah. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Jen. It's a formality <laughs> at
2: this point. Hi, Dr. Jen. Hello. It's great to be back. Welcome back,
0: Allie. Thank you. Thank you for holding down the fort last Friday.
2: My pleasure.
1: So we're excited to talk to you about this because there was a story about this woman's celibacy and, uh, you know, the ways that that, you know, had uh, impacted her life. And we were talking here about we should have a conversation with you about when it's a good idea to stop either dating, having sex or like engaging in relationships. And I wanted to get some perspective from you and we can kind of take them one at a time. But first things first, how do you feel about people making a decision to go celibate? Um, And like, what is the impact of that?
2: Well, I think it really depends on what the motivation is and what they are hoping to accomplish. I think that there are times where it can be a really healthy, wonderful, self-affirming choice that helps someone to grow. And I think that there are times where it can actually prevent someone from growing, Mm. where it can prevent them from dealing with issues that they need to deal with.
0: So, when have you seen in your practice, have you ever recommended that somebody abstain or have a period of celibacy, and what are those instances? When when do you usually think it is a good idea for people?
2: I think it's a good idea if you find yourself sexually acting out a lot and not feeling good about your decisions, if you find yourself feeling very compulsive, if you find yourself repeatedly getting into destructive relationships where you are overly attached to unhealthy people. I think it's good to me. It's more than celibacy in situations like that. It's taking a break from dating. A lot of the time when I see people and you know, one of the people that jumps out of my, to me right away is season four of my show, Farrah Abraham. I had suggested to her after the season was over, don't date anyone. Just kind of hang with yourself, get to know yourself, start to feel comfortable with yourself. Because one of the things that I find is that if you're not comfortable being on your own, and, and look, understand, I believe it's a human condition to want companionship. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you being alone should be like, I never want to date anyone, but Creating a satisfying, enjoyable life for yourself where you feel like anyone who dates me is lucky to be part of this terrific life, as opposed to, I need to find someone so I can have a life. I need to be with someone so I can feel whole. I need to be with someone because I need the validation. Those are all signs you need to take a break from dating and mm. from sex.
1: That makes sense. I get that.
2: Yeah. Feeling whole is the opposite
0: of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So have you ever recommended that a couple abstain from sex or have a period of celibacy? And what what would you recommend for that? Because I think for some couples, maybe if they if they met and it, when they met, they met under, hey, we we're just friends with benefits and they kind of built their relationship on sex. Maybe it would be a good idea to take a little break and take stock of what you actually like about each other outside of, you know, the bedroom.
2: That is certainly a good time to take a sex break, to kind of um, take one generally that has kind of an end date so people don't feel so deprived that they start acting out or feeling resentful or freaking out. But I think also another good time in a coupledom to take a break is when a couple is having... Some serious sex issues, you know, especially if one person in the relationship has had a trauma. Sometimes you need to take a little break from the sex in order for them to kind of process the trauma without being re-triggered mm. in the relationship with sexual contact.
1: That's interesting. I do you think with new couples, do you feel like there are ever instances in which you tell couples like they should wait on sex? Because I don't I don't know if we've ever had a conversation about when you when you feel like it's the right time for a couple to start having sex.
2: Look, to me, it's. I don't think that there's a hard and fast rule. I mean, I I have parents who there's a Broadway show about them, and it's, you know, they hooked up on the first date. So, and they've been together for, you know, 50 some odd years. So to me, it's not about. a formula or about kind of game playing. But to me, what I do think is important is that if you know that you are someone that once you have sex, you get emotionally attached, and you have trouble seeing what's really going on, then you're someone who needs to wait. And I see this quite a bit, the, the number one reason why I tell people to wait is people who have a history of getting overly attached, or who just, after a few good O's, we start to kind of, everyone looks great and like we were meant to make for life with them. Mm. And I think that it's important to have the clarity that we need in order to pick well. And, and screening someone at the beginning of a relationship is your number one goal. Everybody can be on good behavior in the beginning, everyone can be charming in the beginning, but you really need to be screening people if you want a relationship for, is this are we compatible? Do we have the same philosophies? Do we have the same values? Do we want the same things in life? And when you know someone's tongue is in your mouth, you don't tend to be thinking about that. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's true. Tongues in your mouth is distracting. Um, it's oh, very distracting. Very distracting. All right, Dr. Jen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to ask you about some of the rules around celibacy that some people have, whether it's a partnership or whether you're by yourself, whether setting boundaries and setting rules is a good idea and what those boundaries can be. We'll be right back. This is Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject.
2: The new Channel Q.
1: We are back with Dr. Jen and we're having conversations about celibacy and like when you need to take a pause, whether it's from dating, whether it's from sex, or even from your partner. And Ali, you want to talk, you had a question here about celibacy and, and, uh, what that means for a person in a relationship or personally, because I've even had this conversation with friends, like the distinctions between celibacy and abstinence. Yeah, yeah, because
0: there is a difference. And can we talk a little bit about Dr. Jen, what that difference is? And also if you ever recommend celibacy for a couple, if there are rules as far as like, okay, no self-pleasuring, uh, don't watch any
2: porn, uh, things like sure. that. Well, a lot of the time, you know, people will take a vow of celibacy that seems kind of in depth, in- in- Indefinite, and that's something that is that's not something I generally recommend. But to me, to abstain for a period of time to say I'm not going to be having sexual contact, or I'm not going to be having penetrative sex, or something like that, can can be helpful depending on the situation. But but I do think what the commitment is and what the plan is. It totally depends on what the goal is and what the problem is that has made you decide to do that. And if you're someone who is being sexually compulsive, then there's probably going to be recommendations. Ideally, you'd be working with a therapist if you're feeling like you're compulsive about whether you can masturbate, about porn, about all that sort of stuff, because what you're trying to do is address an underlying issue and to stop using sex in in an unhealthy way. And to shift that, you you definitely want to be working with a therapist.
1: Just from a perspective of uh, defining terms, I've always looked at celibacy as having like no sexual activity um, at all, whereas abstinence is no sexual contact with another person. Um, Abstinence can include like masturbation, but not including like sex with someone else. Is that, am I using those terms correctly?
0: Oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. What about people who, has anyone come to you saying like, all right, I'm swearing off men, I'm swearing off sex, I just want to be celibate, when it's... it's it's a term or a, a practice that some people can use because they're afraid of relationships mm. or because they have a bad taste in their mouth about dating in general. Uh, how do you kind of take that on? Yeah, because I feel like we've read yeah, stories well, of like, all right, I'm not going to have sex with anybody for the rest of my life. And that can actually be very limiting for somebody.
2: And they typically backfire because if you're not addressing the underlying problem, you're finding yourself acting out with men and scared of men and having problems in relationship with men and associating them with hurt or pain, you know, men or women, whoever you're you're dating, again, you, you want to address the underlying issue, you know, that I can't stress that enough, because it's not about the sex, it's about how you're using the sex. And it's about the, the issue that is putting you in situations that are causing you pain and probably making you choose people that are not good for you.
1: One of the other things that's interesting to me is like, there's always a talk about like how men are so different from women and da, 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 -da. And like, obviously there are some biological differences, um, with our bodies. And, uh, and I'm curious if celibacy is something that is healthy for men and women in the same ways, because I think about like the way that the male body works when you haven't, you know, had all the release that you need or whatever. Um, is there any perspective on that?
2: You know again, to me, it tends to be about the underlying issue. Mm. And well, there may be I may see more women who, have more fears around men or more trauma around men if they're heterosexual, if they're same-sex. Look, it's it's not uncommon for a woman to have a lot of anxiety and fear about a woman. Whether her tra- original trauma has come from a man or a woman, it's, it's irrelevant because at the end of the day, it's all about intimacy. Gotcha. And I tend to see more men act out compulsively with sex after a sexual trauma than women, but I see both. You mm. know, believe me, I've seen my share of, of women who act out sexually as a result of early trauma.
0: Right. Uh, one more question for you, Dr. Jen, before we go. What recommendations do you have for somebody who, say, has been uh, celibate or has been has abstained either voluntary or, or involuntary, uh, involuntarily that might have, like, some intimacy issues getting back into the game? How does somebody kind of get back into those Like, get back into intimacy after a long hiatus.
2: Well, first of all, number one is therapy. Get some therapy to address the underlying issues. And I've mentioned this before. A lot of people say, oh, well, I can't afford therapy. But all around this country in, you know, pretty much every city that there is, especially those that have colleges or universities, there are clinics, low-cost clinics that will see you based on your ability to pay. So that's, first of all, really important to know. Um, Secondly, if you are not in a position to have therapy or not ready for therapy, at the very least, doing some bibliotherapy, reading some books about uh, fears of intimacy, about sexual acting out, depending on whatever your issue is that got you there. And then, once you are ready to go to start dating and start having sex, to just take it slow and to really constantly check in with yourself and your gut does this feel right? Does this feel good? Does this feel comfortable? Because sometimes when you have taken a break from sex, it can feel like a much bigger deal when you get back on the horse, so to speak. And you want to make sure that you choose wisely and that you don't have a uh, overwhelming experience or an experience with someone who doesn't feel emotionally safe or even sexually safe in, in any way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know I learned all that from the Golden Girls Wow, Rose Rose Nyland had a long dry spell after her husband died, and she was very afraid. And then they went on a vacation. She took the plunge, and she's really glad she did. So, but she took it slow. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and a vacation it was all. (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) well Dr. Jen we really appreciate you coming in and uh, chatting with us every week and uh, you can check out uh, Dr. Jen's information on social media you can find her everywhere at Dr. Jen man two ends on Jen two ends on man and also you can find her book Uh, Dr. Jen has written this fantastic book that asks a bunch of uh, really great questions and and really kind of gives you some perspective on how your relationship uh, could be the best relationship that it could possibly be it's called The Relationship fix dr Jen's six-step guide to improving communication connection and intimacy it's available wherever books are sold we will take a quick break and be right back
3: drop the subject
2: the new channel q
0: all right always a knowledgeable talk with dr jen and now we move on with some updates on the election yes we always cover any kind of 2020 election related stuff in a segment we like to call drop the president
1: drop the president so I wanted to sneak this in because I think it's really important that people are aware of what's happening. There's always a conversation around elections and voter suppression. What is voter suppression? It's when people use the political systems to try and eliminate voters from being able to engage in the political process. Um, we see this like a lot. Gerrymandering. Gerrymandering is a part of voter suppression. Absolutely. Um, you know, it happens in a lot of different ways, and one of them is um, when you see uh, you see. At groups that are activists that go after certain groups of voters and literally removing them from the voter registration rolls. And so um, this is happening right now in Wisconsin. It's, and there's some issues popping up in Ohio, but also in Georgia, where hundreds of thousands of people are seemingly going to be removed from the voter rolls. Because of conservative groups that have been targeting these different kinds of people, and I mean, we don't have a whole bunch of time to get into why they're going after each of these different groups, but it's important to know that like Wisconsin and Georgia are two very important states when right. we look at the. These elect- are all
0: swing states or states that are going more purple. Right?
1: Exactly. So, like we saw that with Stacey Abrams, for instance, who ran for governor last year um, in 2018, she was running against a man who was the secretary of uh, of the state, and then secretary of state on a state level means you run the elections. Brian Kemp ran the election in which he was running, which is completely unethical and should be illegal, but there's not a law against it. It's it's an ethics standard. And so she ran against a man who was running his own election and then lost by such a slim margin. She never actually conceded that race. He's now the governor of Georgia. Hmm. That same person uh, is now the governor of Georgia, who is, you know, in a state where they're purging hundreds of thousands of people off of the voter rolls. also in Wisconsin, where this happened, the governor there, they're, they're purging, I believe, 200, uh, I believe it's between two and 300,000 people. The governor there that won, he only won by 30,000 votes. And he's a Democrat. And so, like, mm. this is a significant change when you're doing something.
0: Oh, like that. I see. Yeah, because the margin is so slim that you need every Democratic vote that you can get. Absolutely. But I, 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 wasn't I reading correctly that they were doing it through, like, a mailer loophole? So it was like they would mail something and be like, you have to update your address. You have 30 days to do so. Exactly. And then when most people don't even read those mailers, then they'd be like, oop, expired, sorry, you can't vote vote anymore. Right.
1: They do it with things like that. They do it with uh, changes in registration. They do it with voter ID. Voter ID is a very controversial thing that I always say on its face sounds reasonable, but in practical application has a lot of of negative implications for a lot of black, brown and poor people in this country. And
0: you couldn't re-register.
1: You can re-register, but you don't even know that you're not registered, and then you go to vote and you can't.
0: Got Something it. Something
1: like that. It just depends on the state. Every right, the right, right,
0: right, right.
1: Um, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to you about more of what's happening. Um, we've got news that or lose it. That's up a, a, up a little bit later. Mm. I, whatever you came back with. You're doing it's, great. It's in me. <laughs> um, <laughs> drop the Subject comes back right after this.
2: Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All
1: right, so... Ali, I told you that my parents have us wearing Christmas pajamas for our FaceTime call. Yes, there.
0: and you did show me the pajamas—they're they're not, not so, so bad.
1: bad. I just tweeted them out. I, I think I hit the button. I think I just tweeted them out, so you guys can see what the Christmas pajamas are, um, and they're not so bad. My my dad was like, "Yeah, they're all stacked up here. I'm going to be sending them out this morning." He told me this last night. That they're sending out this morning, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, great." But then I saw this morning. I was on my way here. This SNL skit that happened over the weekend um, that kind of plays with uh, basically all of the Christmas attire that people as hated as children, and they're talking about how parents are really loving it so uh, take a listen
2: weather outside may be frightful but in macy's we've got kids jackets so big and thick they won't fit in their car seat anymore
1: so it's keenan thompson like trying to stuff his kid into the the car seat he walks away and is like you hear that
0: buddy
1: (laughs) what i love about it is like i was saying to you i remember my brother having on like these big puffy coats and you're trying to like stuff them into a car seat it's like
0: why does he have this coat on in the car? Well, it makes me think of The Christmas Story, too. Have you seen that movie? Oh,
1: my gosh, I haven't seen
0: that in a million years. Where they years. put, they, I think it's the beginning of the movie, they put him in a giant snowsuit, that yeah. little kid, and then he can't even put his arms down. Right. And they're and trying to like, put his arms down. What and, are
1: you supposed to do? Well,
0: it's frustrating because nobody really wants it. I think the only ones <laughs> yeah. that want it is Macy's. So the, the, the parents hate it, and the kids hate it. Why are we doing it? Who, who's enjoying this?
1: Yeah.
2: 10% on snow boots that are so hard to put on, it'll strain your marriage. Sorry. Stan. You need to put her foot in sideways and twist it. Well, if you can do it, then
3: do it. And deal so
0: hot. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> this looking, makes me terrified <laughs> of children.
1: Absolutely, because then you're like, okay, I'm going to have to do this to my kid. Because as a parent, it's rational to you. And as a kid, you're infuriated by it. And like they're in there fighting about trying to get these shoes on.
2: Even Frosty. You need to learn. He's a dumbass. And deals so hot. Okay, well, if this is going to be your attitude, maybe we should tell my mom we're not coming. And deal so Oh, no! <laughs> and miss your
0: brother getting drunk and asking to borrow money? And then the kid's just <laughs> sitting there with, like, half a shoe right, on and like, just looking at her parents like, what is going time? on? I or, don't know how to do this.
1: I love this advertisement because it is... It, I understand why everyone's loving this ad, like why parents are responding to it. Because I remember as a kid hating turtlenecks because they were so itchy and like they would be I mean, who likes turtlenecks?
0: Really, only people that have a lot of hickeys. It really,
1: (laughs) there's that. Right. Then it grew into me not understanding the (laughs) sleep. Oh, yes. Ryan does enjoy a turtleneck. Um, Ryan Mitchell uh, from Let's Go There coming up at four o'clock on Channel Q. I remember. That grew into me not understanding sleeveless turtlenecks that women would wear.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what? I think I did have a sleeveless turtleneck at one point in the 90s. Well, because it's like, are
1: you hot or are you cold? Like, you got to make a choice. I don't but know. then I realized, I think it was about being able to wear a turtleneck with a blazer.
0: Yes, that's what it was. Because if I had a turtleneck that was long sleeve, it would make me look too burly.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, you have a sweater inside of a blazer. I hated bow ties as a kid. Like, I don't know what I it was. I love bow ties. But big lesbians right. um, I hated them I so much so that the only times I ever wore a bow tie was I went to like four proms I think I wore a bow tie to one of them and then I didn't wear a bow tie again until I was an adult and it was maybe like in the last three years I think I wore a bow tie and really enjoyed so, it
0: but your parents made you do those things well I would be like, like right? I don't want to wear
1: this like I would hate it and so then like they eventually like you know
0: See, I don't think that I was ever... I mean, I I was forced to wear dresses every once in a while, which I hated. I don't think that was necessarily around Christmas time and it was all year round. But when it came to going to the snow, that's Mm. when it would be really frustrating. Because as a kid, you just want to go run out there, make a snow snow angel, and then you're Parents are the ones that are like, you have to make make sure you're warm enough, so let's put you in all this stuff, and then you literally can't move because as a kid, your body is so tiny, That's so ridiculous, and you're being put in all of these layers to make sure you don't freeze over. But then I remember as an adult going up to uh like Lake Tahoe or wherever and putting on snow pants and being like, these are so much more manageable now. Yeah, well, I was as like a kid, these
1: are just pants. I remember having on like those overall puff. Yes, kind of things to go skiing. Absolutely, I was like, "Why is this so difficult to wear?" Then you're trying to figure out how to stuff it into the shoe. Oh, and and you got the ski boots, which is
0: making you walk all funny. Oh God, it's awful.
1: I just (laughs) winter sucks. Winter sucks.
0: (laughs) Drop the subject.
2: The new channel Q.
1: Feel relief, ladies and gentlemen. Feel relief. Barack Obama is alive and well and speaking.
0: <laughs> oh, great! He doesn't do that as often as he used to.
1: Not nearly as much as you want him to, for sure. Um, he's he's kind of taking you know the route that most presidents take in post presidency and kind of falling out of the limelight yeah, for a while.
0: Just you know, living a life of binge watching Netflix and golf
1: and and creating content for Netflix as well. Yeah, so
0: binge watching his own content.
1: There you go. Imagine. Uh this story coming from CNN Politics. It says former President Barack Obama. Said there would be, quote, significant improvements across the board, end quote, if countries were led by women. He says, now, women, I just want you to know you're not perfect, but. What I can say, pretty indisputably, is that you're better than us, <laughs> talking about men. He says, I'm absolutely confident that for two years, if every nation on earth was run by women, you would see significant improvement across the board on just about everything, living standards and outcomes. I think he's absolutely right. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I feel like I'm a little biased, but I agree. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you look at history, because in that, that book I was reading, they also addressed this about how there have been mostly male rulers in the past, but that when there were female rulers they were significantly more peaceful periods of time and uh, I I don't know I think it goes it, it shows a lot about how men and women's brains work I think because I mean I don't subscribe to make generalizations about either sex. I don't try to, but, you know, there's a lot of research that's done about how men make decisions versus how women make decisions. A lot of men, is, according to science, make decisions uh, very immediately. Like mm-hmm. they'll make a choice and then be like, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of women, I think, have earned the trope of being indecisive because they will, they think have, about it yes, they do they'll something. actually think and weigh the pros and cons of different things and different, I mean, I know for me, making decisions sometimes can be difficult, but then in the end when you're making a decision you know you made a very thoughtful decision
1: yeah i think uh, i always think about it just from a socialization standpoint i think generally speaking women are not socialized in the way that men are to always be so argue like argumentative and like aggressive and always want to respond in a way that like exerts their power in masculinity
0: yeah they don't have <clears throat> as big they don't ha- they're not so concerned with the ego
1: yeah well i feel like guys are so trained to always be in a, I don't think I can say, peeing match. Yeah. Um, I almost said something else. But I, I, don't, I don't think women are so concerned about that. Like the moment that we had in the presidential campaign last time when you see Donald Trump on stage talking about the size of his hands and I guarantee you there is mm-hmm. no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, Women don't care about stupid stuff like that the same way that men do. And like always trying to prove how much bigger or better or badder they are. And I think that that always leads us to war. It leads us to trade disputes like we've been having with China and the ways that we've been interacting with North Korea, the way that we stay in war for so long, like in, in occupying other countries. I think women would just do so much better with that.
0: Well, if I got elected president, I think the first thing I would talk about is how great my boobs are. Okay. It's important. Okay. I feel like those, you know, so it goes both ways. No, just, I'm just
1: like r- You run on uh, your rack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you run on your rack. Like,
0: this is what got me elected, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. There's no problem. My here. eyes are up here. No. no, but I think that also, yeah, yes, I, I agree with all of what's being said, but there are also so many ways that women are portrayed negatively when they when they exude qualities that are traditionally attributed to men. Like, Absolutely. if a woman is, is uh, you know... Uh, if she's harsh, then she's labeled as a bitch. Mm-hmm. If she's more direct with people, then she's labeled as, you know, being this crazy person. Or if somebody shows emotion, then you're just this crazy, emotional woman yeah. versus just being a human being. Well, and
1: Nancy Pelosi had this thing happen last week where someone was asking her while well, she was leaving a a, uh, a press conference. Someone asked her... She was talking about Donald Trump, and they said, "Well, do you hate Donald Trump?" And she was like, "Would you ever ask a man that question?" Yes, like, that is such a thing you would ask a woman.
0: It's so true. Yeah. So and, I mean, yes, we would. I mean, I, I agree that we would make great leaders. If, but it's also women have to work so much harder in to order to even get, to even get in the running.
1: Totally. I think I think Hillary Clinton is like the best example of that. Um, I'm not saying that she should run again. I'd vote for her, but I don't think that I, I don't think there's an appetite for it because of the way she's been torn down. So much people just hate her. Yeah. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, news it or lose it. Drop the subject. Presents. News it or lose it. Well, it is that time, ladies and gentlemen. I've got the headlines. Allie's got the bell. We'll see what you get on the other end. Are you ready? Ready. All right. <clears throat> Kumel Nanjiani's wife had the best response to her, to her new...
0: <laughs> this is going to go
1: in that Take Awkward Moments episode tomorrow. I can't wait. Response to his new super ripped look.
0: Sure, why not?
1: This was trending yesterday on, on the Twitters. Amy Schumer wrote a totally sincere post praising the Kardashians.
0: Oh, come on. What do you think I'm going to do?
1: Listen, I mean, it could be sincerely bad. Close <laughs> Strangers help brides marry at Starbucks after wedding fell through.
0: Ah! All you had to do was add more cats and then I would have been all in on that. But, you, you
1: know, know, I was in anyway. There might be cats. You, you <gasps> never know. Stop it. I'm not making any promises. That's next.
2: Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q.
1: Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, Allie. So, yesterday on the Twitter machine, Kumail Nanjiani, who people probably know from movies like The Big Sick or HBO's series Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, He posted a photo on the Instagram that kind of sparked things off. He's ripped. He is ripped now. And like he spent the last year knowing that he has a Marvel movie coming up and he got a trainer and a nutritionist and he went to work. And let me tell you, the work is good. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that uh, just booking a Marvel movie is a great weight loss program. I mean, listen, if I was told I, I was going to be doing a Marvel mo- movie. You'd get your ass in shape, wouldn't you?
1: Well, and also with that Marvel money, I'd be be—I'd be perfectly fine paying that trainer yeah. we were talking about earlier.
0: And you'd, yeah, you'd have plenty of m- money to tip them as well.
1: Yeah, indeed. So he wrote this long post, and the first part of it says, I never thought I'd be one of those people who would post thirsty shirtless, post a thirdly
0: Post, wow. a post a thirdly.
1: Post a thirdly. Post a thirsty shirtless. But I've worked way too hard for way too long, so here we are. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I found out a year ago I was gonna be in Marvel's Eternals and I decided I wanted to transform how I looked. And so it's a photo of him and this very ripped body. Um yeah, and very ripped
0: body. It's it, i I kind of relate in the sense of you never know when to post a picture of your weight loss program yeah. or anything like that, because, you know, I lost weight a couple of years back, and then, and I never really wanted to be one of those people that was like, here, it's week three, week four, and everyone's was like, I can't even tell the difference week to week, what's exactly going on. So, I never did that, but then once I reached a certain point, once I had lost probably, you know, 30 pounds-ish, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I gotta do a post yeah. at this point. And so, I did one before and after And that was it. But even then, it's weird that we feel the need to apologize or acknowledge. Hey, I don't usually put these pictures up, uh, you know, apologizing for even putting it out there.
1: Right. She uh, his wife is was uh, kind of getting praised as well because she responded to his photos and was like, first of all, had no idea he was going to do this. Right. And that he he turned out this way. But she she was uh, on Instagram and posted a photo of him like on the couch underneath blankets with his feet kicked up playing a video game and she's like don't worry he's still the same guy like he's not he's not changed any I'm like
0: if that's how he lost weight I should be in great shape right right." she
1: says we spent the majority of this past weekend playing Borderlands 3 so don't think he's changed too much (laughs) Uh, so that was a funny kind of thing but like I remember uh, I only learned about this on Instagram story last night because Ryan Mitchell had posted the photo in his story with the caption wreck me (laughs) (laughs)
0: Miley Cyrus.
1: That happened. Yeah. That happened. So, So, um, then there's a story that comes from HuffPost and it says strangers help brides marry at Starbucks after wedding fell after their wedding fell through so apparently this couple had wedding plans and they were falling apart as they were trying to get them together they were trying to elope um, on December 13th it was Amber Plyler and Kate Mang they planned to elope on the beach uh, at, in the Isle of Palms in South Carolina in front of four, their four kids and a handful of friends but the weather was not really working on their side because it was cold and windy with got- it rains outside. Exactly. <laughs> but they say that's really good. Look, good you're like, God, yeah, it's, it's uh, the lesbian. Right. Um, He's like,
0: Shall I smite you! Exactly. No, but it rained at our wedding. But they say that's good it luck. was good luck, I guess. So they say
1: as a plan B, they tried to see if they could set up their wedding indoors, but the hotel that they were at just was not able to accommodate that. The couple was really disappointed, not sure what they should do, but then they realized... They met at a Starbucks because no, they were both baristas, and then no. they met all of their friends that are there were also former baristas. <laughs> so they went Wait, to
0: all of their friends. Well, there was only four
1: of them, so okay. like it was a small group. It was an elopement. <laughs> all right. So they says one of their friends, um, Megan, had an idea they could do the wedding at a nearby Starbucks since that's where all of them seem to know each other. She says so. Essentially, our wedding was almost fully comprised of Starbucks baristas plus close friends, our photographer, and our children. She said, so it seemed like a perfectly fitting idea to see if a local Starbucks would allow us a short ceremony. Mm-hmm. And they did.
0: So there are people that are working on their pilots in the background. <laughs> exactly. With, yeah. like, it says they're... their friend,
1: Lori, who is also a manager at the Starbucks, made some calls and uh, got in touch with one of the managers at a local Starbucks. And his name was Ben. They said Ben said he would love to help and to give them about an hour. He says that they were all ready to go because we had really anticipated the whole they were were all ready to go for the wedding mm. because they had planned on getting married that yeah. day. So they took all their stuff to Starbucks and they got married.
0: Well, I hope they gave them the bathroom code because
1: that's Well, important. it's really great though because like they covered up the art and they had like a, a little aisle and all kinds oh, of okay. things. Oh, okay. So
0: that doesn't look like a Starbucks. Right. But they, so that's good. Because I it thought pop. it was literally just them sitting by the register in a Starbucks. You know, where you're like, a couple gets married at Target or Walmart or whatever right. and you're just kind of like, uh, like, I would rather get married in the t- in the t- tornado in South Carolina on the beach.
1: Yikes. Well not my choice but I will say what was really cute about it is they got two Starbucks cups both had misses written on them and that's their oh, wedding photo. Oh it misspelled it's
0: on them. <laughs> exactly. It's just like mercilessness.
1: Happy endings up next. Drop the subject.
2: The new channel Q.
1: Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are almost out of here. It's almost time for the ending that is happy. Don't hit the button yet. But before we do that, it's time to talk to Ryan Mitchell from Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Ryan... Uh, Talk to us about what you guys have coming up on the show later today.
3: Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, We're one, we're giving you... Are you you... figuring it out? Yes, (laughs) as we actually speak. Um, No, okay, so we're talking about the Lincoln Project, if you haven't heard politics. Um, It's a group of conservatives that are basically plotting against Trump. Love that. Love to see it. Uh, Also, we are diving in on, um, you know, what's the line between glamorizing and normalizing, or normalizing, yeah, mental health? Like, obviously... There's Billie Eilish who loves to be suicidal all the time, um, versus actually talking about it and having healthy conversations. So, yeah, that's us. Okay, L- looking forward to it. that's coming up at four o'clock. Sounded really depressing. Well, I mean, it's a, cool. it's important conversations that we're looking forward to. I was to. like going through and I was like, wow, um, I think I'm sad now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an important
1: conversation to have, and I think people listening will be able to to relate to it. And even if it's not like cartwheels. And yeah. You guys have three hours. You have plenty of others.
0: But I also think that, you know, uh, yeah, Billie Eilish is an interesting example you make, but when I was younger, I remember Alanis Morissette being so angsty and so angry about everything, yeah. and it was something that was really like, touched my 13-year-old self that kind of needed to yeah, hear so that, you know what I mean? Yeah, of the
3: conversations that we're gonna bring up, because I do think that there's something interesting about that representation there, right. um, but also there can be a line where it's like, oh, it's cool to do this, it's cool to be sad and take drugs and all these certain things. Sure. Well, yeah, I,
0: I think like a, a show like 13 Reasons Why brought up a, lo-
3: a lot of those questions, yes, because a yes. lot of people
0: were like, is this glamorizing suicide? Because yeah. she's like, putting all these notes and kind of leading people through a trail of her suicide and it's like why are like how is this beneficial to teenagers right, who are right. watching this? Is this helping them or is it
3: hurting them?
1: I think it's always a hard thing to answer. Like, how, where is the line between like glamorizing something and just like being able to discuss it?
3: Okay, so sorry that this turned into a talk break, but continue mm. to listen <laughs> on to the conversation. Yeah. Um.
1: They'll be coming up later <laughs> on today here on Channel Q at four o'clock Pacific time, seven o'clock Eastern. Okay, now it is time for the happy ending. All
3: right.
0: All right.
1: Um, Emmy has really been uh, crushing it with the happy endings as of late. <laughs> um, she, she scoffs.
0: She's already got her eyes turned to the sky.
1: <laughs> She's got the stank look on her face. Um,
0: At
3: least I have one today. Oh, you, oh, do? you do! Oh, how, how
0: exciting! Wow,
1: well, I didn't think so. I'm just gonna you try just and fill I was some just time here. <laughs> continue my protest. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah,
0: especially during commercials and songs. You didn't see you. I didn't see you writing anything down. So I'd I thought you had just completely given Rebellion up.
1: Rebellion is only cute for so long. Let's get that right. Oh. All right. Okay. What you got for us? well 60% of the people out there might be doing their
3: dishes incorrectly according uh-huh. to png but to me 60% of people have great boundaries with uh, hygiene i with guess with cleanliness yeah because like my big thing is like i don't mind if there's like clothes on the floor or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> But dirty dishes is so disgusting to me because, like, that attracts bugs. And, like, Mm. that's the most problematic part of, like, a a dirty house or anything.
0: My thing is, if you're going to leave it, rinse it.
3: Mm, okay. Yeah, don't leave food in there. That's I
0: don't gross. like it when you're leaving a cereal bowl that has every single piece of food already still in it, and it's just sitting there overnight. Like, just rinse it. Give it a rinse. Uh,
1: my mom used to have this rule that we couldn't go to bed if there were dishes in the sink. And so when I first moved, when I moved out and got like my first place by myself, I <laughs> I washed all my dishes and then like I ate a bowl of ice cream, and so I sat the bowl in the sink <laughs> with a spoon in it, and I took a picture of it and sent it to my mom and yeah. said good night. Yeah, yeah. And she was. She was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Like she was so mad. Okay. So she just couldn't sleep all night. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's your happy ending?
0: Uh, my happy ending is sure you can argue up and down about tipping and whether or not you should be tipping people during the holiday season, but on the bright side, there is one tip that there is no arguing about, and that is Jason Derulo's tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's the nice bright side to it.
1: Um, like I said, maybe going to see cats. Yeah, maybe. I think you will. Possibly.
0: It was, uh, okay. Edit it out, though. I know, Is it worth that but one? you know,
1: but everyone, even when they now. know, right? You, you're always like squinting and see if they missed a the frame. Yeah.
0: They need to do a, an adult version
1: of anything with Jason Derulo.
0: Well, I mean, if they're going to release the the CGI'd one, <laughs> they should also really like they should release one that's unedited. I wonder
1: if like when he. Reaches the top, he goes,
0: Jason Derulo. Like,
1: <laughs> like I wonder if that's the thing
0: when anyway, he gets to his to his yeah, finish his moment. Yep. Uh,
1: okay. My happy ending. It may suck that we haven't had a woman leading our country yet, much as Barack Obama's chagrin, as he told us um, when he was speaking recently. But look at the bright side, ladies. None of you are getting impeached tomorrow. That's so. true. There is that. Uh huh. Lucky you. Yeah. Um We
0: might not have the uh we might not be in office, but there's no office for us to leave.
1: Exactly. You haven't been kicked out <laughs> Very of one nice. Either, so yeah. how about that?
0: That's good to think about. Um
1: well tomorrow we begin a countdown of the most awkward moments from Drop the Subject. I can already guess what one of them will be. because Mm -hmm. It might
0: have to do with a bedside at your robot. It
1: might have something to do with the fact that Emmys made that a hotkey. But
0: there are a lot more.
1: There are a lot more. We've got uh, the rundown of the weirdest things that we've said or done on this show. Um, And tomorrow, President Trump is seemingly going to get impeached. It'll be a rather historic day. So we'll have the latest on that and what it means going forward.
0: And the GMA, of course, because it is Wednesday day. Yes, indeed. So lots to come. A new live show tomorrow, as Jarrett said. Check out the podcast if you missed anything. We'll see you tomorrow.